0: All right, Chaz, we're back on The Grit. It is uh, March 12th. Week sure went fast, didn't it? It sure did. Um, Man, we got more feedback last week than we've ever gotten before.
1: A lot of feedback, yeah. What was the
0: feedback that you saw?
1: I mean, I got only positive. Did you get any negative?
0: Well... It positive for Cersei, positive for your wife, not yeah. positive for you necessarily. No, no.
1: Uh, did I get negative? Oh, I mean, yeah. People are people are thinking, why in the world did she marry him? That's what it is. I got yeah, a yeah. I got a bunch of those. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It wasn't at all like Chess said something wrong last week. It was more like, wow, he better not ruin the best thing that's ever happened
1: to him. Don't you worry, everyone. I know. <laughs> I know daily.
0: You're the first one to say it. You've yeah. been saying it. You've been
1: forever, forever, forever. Second, I met her. Yeah, I really wouldn't call it suckering her in, but I really forced the hand. I forced quick.
0: Well, there was no bait and switch. No. Suckering would imply that you were selling a false uh, whatever.
1: Yeah. A bill of goods is a what they call goods. it. Do you what know what a is. bill of goods actually means? When somebody says, I was sold a bill of goods. No. Uh, have you heard the phrase yeah, bill of goods? of course, yeah. of
0: course. Yeah, I would just think it's a receipt, but you're right. It implies that... You only got the bill. You never got the goods
1: way to figure it out. That's it. It's you bought a bill of goods. Precisely. Oh, You You bought bought the bill. You bought the receipt and you didn't get anything in return.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you know where raining cats and dogs? No. With thatched roofs, roofs way back in the day, maybe like in England or whatever. Uh, it's, there's no, nothing, um, solid on the roof. It's just thatch. And so Cats and dogs would sleep in the roofs for warming when it was raining, but if it rained hard enough and got saturated hard enough, the cats and dogs would fall through the thatch.
1: Amazing! Mm. That's a good one. Mm. I like it. There you go. Man, All right, edu- educational episode. We <laughs> could totally switch to like linguistic nuances, little uh, phrases and whatnot. There's a dumbass show on NPR, San Diego, called A Way with Words, mm-hmm. uh, where they just discuss etymology and where, yeah, where folk sayings came from and all that. I want to honestly throw my car off the cliff when it comes on. Really? I hate it so bad. Just like whimsical little word plays and they don't really know the two hosts. It's like a, some dumb guy and girl and they just sit there and like, "Huh, that's a great question. And then like flip through a dictionary.
0: I feel like that's how a lot of people listen to our show. Yeah. (laughs) hate, Hate listen to our show. How many, how many, uh, traffic collisions have we caused? Um, well, if we did that, actually, we could we could probably beat Cersei's episode. We could if we were that regimented and provided that much insight. Just got whimsical, yeah. About words, yeah, yeah, or something. You know, like the education we provided three minutes ago. Perfect. Uh, we were talking before we got on air that you're teaching. You're responsible for teaching the youth that will ultimately lead our country.
1: That's it. The Black Box Academy of Noble Savages. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. This Pulling. is a scary thought. It is. We're like six or seven months in at this point, too. This is a going concern that's expanding next year. I mean, it's already expanded this year, but...
0: So the yeah. y- our future is in the hands of the youth, and you, they are in the hands of Chess Smith.
1: Exactly. Crazy. It's what I feel like teaching on any given day. The I've talked about my fifth grade teaching.
0: Well... Yes, but it was only, always in the context of we're in the middle of a pandemic and so you're oh, cobbling yeah. together a lesson plan, trying to get them to sit in front of the iPad. Hopefully this will all be over soon.
1: Precisely, but this is forever. Realizing, this laid school bare for me. where realizing and recognizing that what they're learning in school, I mean, school is just daycare, right? Yes. Uh, and I can do a better job than daycare. So sure, it takes time and it takes energy, but who doesn't want to... Spend a little time and energy on their children's.
0: Well, you know why I brought this up. Mm. This entire episode is dedicated towards fatherhood. Are you? No, 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 no.
1: <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> that was going to be a that was going to be a nice on air surprise.
0: No, uh, Charlie, Coach Charlie, uh, Tyler Wright. There's a bunch of fatherhood themes Perfect. happening in surfing right now. It's true. So that was the segue.
1: I love. You thought
0: it was just I was just making small talk. No, no, but it it's uh, I'm a
1: fantastic. And what a great topical discussion we can have today on fatherhood so, as it relates to professional serving.
0: So um, are you, how are you as a teacher?
1: Uh, well, in fifth grade, when I taught fifth grade for a year, I was invited not to come back to teach anymore.
0: And uh, this was in a, a professional environment. This wasn't. This was COVID. a
1: professional environment. Uh, yeah. The days sort of, I suppose that I've thought why with kids, right? I mean, this is fifth grade, so they're not actually young kids, but why make learning such a bummer? And so making learning not a bummer for me involved playing five hours of dodgeball a day with them. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> what were you supposed
0: to be teaching them
1: though? Everything. Like just a normal, I mean, I was the, you know, I was a one teacher, like they weren't going to different classes. I taught right. math, English, okay. history, reading, all of it. And yeah.
0: And, uh, did you have lessons built into the dodgeball? No. Game. Oh, no.
1: Okay. I mean, the lesson was don't be slow Got and it. or hit the slow kid. So <laughs> if yeah. you can dodge a wrench. That's it.
0: Um, and did the kids love you as a teacher? I think they
1: did. Uh, their parents probably did not. And the school definitely did not. I was, again, went to my end of year uh, evaluation and the principal was like, I think he was really thinking that I wanted to teach the next year too. And so it was really like, we, you know, we're going to have to, yeah, I mean, you are really hemming and hawing, And I was like, yeah, don't worry out of here, man. He's like, okay, good. Well, we would like to extend you the invitation not to come back and teach.
0: Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, did you not need the job? No, it was like a,
1: uh, I think it was the year between, uh, I decided I think midway to go back to school and get my master's. And so I just thought, yeah, I'm done with this. So I was already going to school again by the end of the year. Okay. Or or was committed to the fall. Got it. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, that's funny.
1: Yeah, it was not good.
0: Did you develop relationships with... Did, were there any kids who you're like, man, this is a bright, shining star? I'm curious what they become when they're
1: older. Sort of. I wonder... I, I So the thing at the end, fifth grade, you have to... In California, you have to take the standardized test that compares to the rest of California. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they all... I felt good about myself because they all ended up exactly where I thought they would end up. Like smart kids were smart. The not smart kids were not smart on the test. But then I thought back, oh, maybe, maybe I could have made the not smart kids smarter instead of just watching them fail their standardized test. I could have like given a, given a hand up. But no, I did not do that.
0: <laughs> Had they not been playing, played yep. 400 hours of dodgeball <laughs> throughout the year? <laughs> or um, maybe it was the head trauma I incurred from the ball itself. Oh man. I mean, I remember, uh, yeah, for some
1: reason I didn't want to teach American history. So I just decided to teach Afghan history instead. So <laughs> spent our whole American history teaching the history of Afghanistan. Yeah. Things wow. like that. that wow. Yeah. So they know a lot about Afghanistan, those kids.
0: How old are those kids now?
1: It would have been, this would have been 2,000, uh, would have been, I think, straight 2,000 or maybe 99. So those kids are old. Wow. Yeah, those kids are now... Robbing people. Yeah, they're like 30, 30s, mid 30s. These kids
0: are in the middle of doing a home invasion robbery at this moment.
1: It's cruel. Or maybe um, the 20. See, I t- taught so poorly my math. Fifth grader is 10. <laughs> 20 years ago makes them 30
0: yeah yeah so um how are you different now teaching your daughter in her class well i mean
1: it's the same general principle of why does this stuff have to be why do you have to stress like when she had a math test the other day not at my school but at or our school but at regular school and she was just like white knuckling in the morning and i was thinking she's in second grade why is she so worried about a math test. Like you shouldn't have to worry about a math test ever. ever. as long as you're I think, as long as you're you know moving forward and understanding the concepts, then why do you have to worry? And this whole worry thing built in, I think is only because parents want to compete with other parents. Mm-hmm. And so they want their kid to have a certain, not just grade at school, but measure well on these standardized tests and all this. and I don't care about any of this. I don't care how she measures to other people. you know, as long as I know what the standards are, and, or what she should know, kind of, or the, the life skills and the, you know, work that's going to be important or the, you know, as long as she's learning that, then who cares if she can do it under pressure, right?
0: 100%. And she already has exhibited more personality, charm, or even intelligence than a lot of other kids that I've met at her age, which will all benefit. Like she will be able to do whatever she wants to do anyway. So those measures don't matter for her anyway.
1: Totally. And if Unless she, she wants
0: a job in an office in Irvine.
1: I mean, that's exactly it. Yeah. And if she wants that and or she wants, you know, some kind of professional development-y kind of thing or to, to go down that path or, you know, even to go whichever path she wants to go, she can fully hop back into junior high or something, right? Like it's, it's not like you're going to lose elementary, all the stuff you didn't learn in elementary school is going to haunt you for the rest of your life.
0: It's actually easier for her to transition from the life she's living now into that kind of what what you just said, junior high, I want to learn math now or I want to become normalized like all this or standardized like everybody else. That's an easier transition to make than one of those kids jumping into. Completely. And that. I think
1: though, you know, the whole point of school as making, I mean, it is a one size fits all more or less and nothing against teachers or the educational system, but it's not geared towards, you know, I don't know, to be tweaked. It can't be tweaked. That's the whole thing. It's right. an institution. But we can tweak this exactly not to what our kids want, but I mean, mostly just about freedom of learning and excitement in learning and, you know, just have, being able to have free thought, right? Not to be dictated to is mostly the goal. Very good.
0: Yeah. Um, are you actually, so when you're teaching or in this school environment, I forget the name of the school.
1: Yeah. the, the It's the Black Box Academy of Noble Savages.
0: Got it. Are there actual math lessons that happen? Yeah, there's math lessons, lessons, there's okay.
1: English lessons, there's history lessons, there's science, there's everything. Uh, it's, it's just done on a sailboat. And yeah, I mean, learning math in a sailboat, for example, there's so much applied math that happens yeah. that, you know, they, they're they learning this stuff without it being stressy or weird and with it being fun.
0: Are you learning?
1: Yes. I mean, learning, man, I've done more work, you know, i would lesson planning and figuring it out and actually digging into theory again of you know, I don't know, concepts of language and stuff that I studied uh, in college during the, you know my master's program but that I haven't thought about since. so really getting into Chomsky and Derrida and you know even theories of language learning because the youngest kid in the youngest savage is three. And so even you know teaching them to actually read and then the oldest one is second grade. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah,
0: and they're all in the same,
1: they're not, we, we split okay. them up into novices and cadets. So the cadets are older, novices are younger. So little kids go off and learn how to read while the cadets, you know, do more difficult tasks.
0: Sounds amazing. Pretty fun. I want to attend.
1: Come on board.
0: Uh, do you accept dogs? I want <laughs> to send Sophie. <laughs> yes. She just got upgraded from the little kids play pen to the big dog play pen at, uh, the bar. Uh, bone adventure
1: is she liking it she loves it man
0: she loves it we we just need it for her we can't run out all of her energy so a couple days a week we'll send her and she comes home exhausted which is fantastic yeah she loves the pool there too Mm. uh speaking of fathers that are absolutely killing it and the fact that we're sitting in album surfboards right now that we owe a shout out to josh kerr sierra kerr josh kerr raising sierra kerr an exceptional human being So the reason I bring him up is um, he, with album surfboards, just released a new edit called Sway. How good was it? How good were his turns? Incredible.
1: Do you think Josh Kerr has gotten better as a surfer or do you think Matt Parker's surfboards have made Josh Kerr a better surfer?
0: I do. Yes, to both. Yeah. Uh, You mean post-tour?
1: Yeah. I mean, I love the way he surf. I've always liked the way Josh surfs a lot, but his turns on those twin fins are... I mean, they seem progressive in a way I haven't seen surfing progressive in a minute. I mean, yeah, I aside from the air, like everything went to the air, I feel. And so, you know, you see progressive air tricks a lot. But rail surfing, like he's doing things differently than I've ever seen. It yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't it's, seem.
0: it. It's the most progressive uh, shredding we've seen on a twin fin period. Um. We were talking with Cersei last week about the definition of what is progress as it relates to trans rights and stuff like that and gender identity in general. But so I've always thought that was surfing too, because you watch Stephanie Gilmore and it is progressive, but it's not fin fang turns necessarily. So I think for the nineties and mid two thousands, it was progress was defined as going above the lip and that's too narrow a definition. Yep. Cause you watch Steph and you're like, wow, like the, the amount of flow and uh, what she's doing in between turns, right. Is modern. Sure. In a way that I don't know. We haven't. So I think that's what we're seeing with Josh Kerr is. Yeah. It's just allowing uh, or going, allowing the board to go on the wave where it kind of wants to go based on the design of the board. What we might've called trim when Phil Edwards was finding trim, he's doing that, but, it's accessing new places on a wave because of this board design.
1: I've And I've only seen, I feel like my knowledge is not exhaustive, of course. I'm no surf historian. But uh, I have only seen twin fins really written sort of retro style, right? right. Like where the twin fin f- was a retro board. That edit and what he's doing is not retro. He not is enough. not, it's not some throwback thing. No. It seems new.
0: But it also is relatable. Sure. It's kind of like... This board will allow me to kind of get a lot of waves. It'll allow me to get into the wave. It'll allow me to get barreled. It'll allow me to do a turn.
1: Did it make you want to get a twin fin? Do you have a twin fin in your uh, quiver?
0: So I rode that album Twinsman for two months, borrowed it, and then we gave it away to one of our subscribers on the first of this month. I uh, met, I met the man. Did you? Yeah,
1: he was a Jackson Hole. He is a snowboard journalist. The guy who, or maybe it's a guy who won a board. I don't no know way. if he won the Twins. It wasn't
0: the Twinsman. I don't know. Maybe it was the soft top? No. Okay. It, it was a surfboard. He
1: won a surfboard. Okay.
0: Yeah. Wasn't the Twinsman because that just went down? Uh-oh. Oops. Oh, my gosh. Uh-oh. For anybody who heard the calamity, that was a surfboard falling
1: off the rack,
0: off the rack. Ouch. Who's responsible for that?
1: Man, I'm so glad the door is closed and I had nothing to do with I that know, one. <laughs> I know.
0: Oh no. Oh man. Oops. Oh well. Not our problem. <laughs> um, Shout well out. at any rate, uh, yes. So I rode that twin fin. I don't have one in my quiver now, but I did ride that for two months.
1: Did it make you, does, uh, Kurz edit make you want to get another one? Yeah. What did, what did you ride it at? Did you ride it? Everywhere. I know, but what did you what were your dimensions?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Uh it was a six oh and a round pen.
1: So you didn't write it short?
0: No. Which Josh Kerr does and Asher Pacey does. They Do you, write it
1: way short. Would you like to write? I yeah, mean, I,
0: I think I would actually. Because the ones like they write kind of look more like a fish.
1: Though, and the way it's in the pocket, like yeah it's so responsive what he's doing in the pocket, which seems like that's what you'd want.
0: Yeah. That's what I'd want. Well, for anybody who hasn't seen it, Sway is pretty Amazing, kind of the best. Also, like as a film, just beautiful. Yeah. Like really well made. So that's out there. Um, let's start with Tyler Wright, I think. Let's
1: do it. It's the big news, the huge news. The so, the biggest news in surf, I'm going to say all year. You think? Sure. What else has been, I mean, besides silly COVID, COVID deb-
0: canceling and all that? COVID debacle as it relates to WSL sure. and tra- tracking. But yeah, Tyler Wright. So, um, this is is a story that was written for ESPN is really exhaustive, long story. And essentially it is about Tyler overcoming obstacles. Mm -hmm. So the big reveal. So we all know Tyler Wright took two years off due to illness after winning two world titles and came back and won the first event this season at pipeline. And so that is overcoming of an obstacle, but the big reveal in this piece was kind of that she was pinning a lot of uh, blame, let's say, on her father and her upbringing. And he was a tyrant. And the life of um, kind of the tenacity that she has as a competitor is all a result of her father and his upbringing. However, she never had a mind of her own. She was forced into it. It's her family's lifestyle. And so she is now she kind of didn't even have a mind. She said she didn't have any thoughts of her own until she was already on tour living that life. And there's all this expectation for her to be a world champ. And she kind of rebelled against it. She had a crisis of identity once she got on tour and developed her own thoughts. And now then she got sick and now she's coming out of that illness with a new identity. And, um, is kind of a social justice warrior fighting for those who, you know, have been oppressed and marginalized. And now she's going to take over the world with the eye of the tiger, with all of the talent and discipline that she had from her youth, but now with her brand new identity and a more kind of important cause that she's surfing and fighting for.
1: Well summarized. Thank you. Well done. What are your thoughts on the piece? Wow. Uh, I'm of two minds, I suppose. Uh, You know, awesome to finally sort of hear from her like what happened because all that was so mysterious right? Like she had just she just vanished and the WSL didn't say anything about it. She didn't say anything about it. Nobody said anything about it. She was just it all seemed whatever excuses were given didn't ring true and just seemed weird uh, and I don't know that this piece actually answered those questions. I, f- I feel I have more questions than answers which she's not you know i'm not entitled to those answers uh nor is she to have any responsibility to give me those answers but i did have more questions about well wait a second wait a second i i kept finding myself saying wait a second as i was reading it um also i thought it was a bit unfair to her father in terms of and the people the people that she kind of blamed i mean from the you know toxic wsl call or whatever yeah it was wsl the whole time she's been on it right Or she was never part of the ASP, was she? No. I can't. I think it was
0: all WSL since she's been on tour.
1: Yeah. So anyway, that like real toxic tour and her dad, the heavy hints that her dad was a, provided a toxic kind of energy in her upbringing and all this, that it was kind of unfair that he or people close to him weren't given the opportunity or there was no space for them in the article, right? It was just, which tie back into the other big news story of the week, the whole Meghan Markle uh, Prince Harry interview of saying things and then letting those things stand uh, without, you know, like where Meghan Markle could say people were racist in the palace. Right. And she didn't have to provide any proof of that. Not that, you know, I mean, not that I don't believe her, but it seems like if you're going to make accusations uh, you should provide some kind of, um, I don't know, proof. Uh, and just in our culture anymore, you just say something and it's it's over, right? Like you say, this person is sexist, this person is racist, this person is abusive, this person is whatever. And if you're, you know, a, I guess not a white heterosexual male, people fully believe what you say on the grounds of you saying it which I just think is fairly dangerous. I think I would like us to get back to personally a little more circumspect of if you're going to level an accusation, then back it up and or if somebody's leveling an an accusation, then the writer doing the story or whatever should go do a bit of extra research.
0: Correct. So this piece wasn't the investigative journalistic piece that you're asking for. This piece was a profile a character study or a profile on this athlete. And so the only voices in addition to Tyler's were Jesse Miley Dyer from the WSL, who is Tyler's friend and Sal Masakela, who is, you know, commenting on kind of the, the um, social justice part of Tyler's new campaign, yeah. but no dissenting voices. Yeah. They certainly didn't interview her parent, her parents or her siblings. And so, yes, that would have been more interesting for you and I, but, that wasn't what the piece was, sure. so I'm not anti that. And I agree with what you're saying is the broader culture can't now cancel her dad yep. because it was just her opinion on what took place. How do you feel about her even calling out her dad in that kind of a way? There's a part of me that cringes when you put your family on blast, you know? And and maybe, look, who am I to even have an opinion on her family dynamics, right? Sure. So maybe she's fully justified in doing that, but- I don't know. I'm I'm fine with her
1: blasting her dad. I mean, if she feels like, you know, and the piece is so, I mean, it was careful, right? A bit, because she doesn't come out right out and totally smash him in the face, but between the lines, that's very, or it appeared to me that's what was happening, right? Where, yeah. like, it was a real takedown of her, not only her dad, but the way she was brought up entirely. And... I guess I don't have a problem with that so much. I would have just liked for the uh, writer to go get someone if the dad wasn't, you know, capable of speaking. Uh, get somebody close to him to at least speak for him. Just yeah. say, "Hey, look, I was there, and you know, it looked this way to me."
0: The author said that the dad. She referenced that the dad has is in early stages of dementia. Yep, and that was almost an excuse for not interviewing him which isn't fair,
1: but uh, totally. But, and again, with the, this whole right family saga where we have brain injury from duck dive, we have mystery illness and PTSD that doesn't get, you know, even spoken of till way later. And and there's still, you know, I mean, I have so many questions about that still. And then early onset dementia, which, you know, what does that even mean?
0: Well, the direct quote to kind of validate what you're saying from the piece was, Tyler told her father, you have a choice. You can be my dad or my manager. He said, I'm your manager. Yeah. So he basically chose to be a professional in her life rather than the personal connection. So the other question I'll ask you is um, kind of the initial social response backlash against the article was, hey, Tyler, cry me a river. We have no sympathy for you. You are a millionaire you have more privilege and access to resource than the vast majority of humans ever have across cultures and across time. And by the way, the system that you are kind of um, trying to hold to account, you won two world titles in how corrupt could it be if you won two world titles in the system and have earned more money off of it than any of your predecessors in terms of female surfers. So, like we have no sympathy for you. How do you feel about that?
1: Uh, you know, I don't know, because I th- again, comparing it to the Markle, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex interview, um, I hear what they're saying and I get it. And that's the, I very clearly they feel a certain way, but it, I don't know how it can be helped to think, well, come on, like you you are fully gilded and to not pretend that you're gilded or to pretend that your struggles are, not that they're not on par with, you know, people f- sending their kids to bed hungry or, you know, people not being able to make ends meet or, you know, people at the very lower, people who have slipped through the safety net, let's say, of, or, or society safety net. It just seems it's jarring, but then when you say it's jarring, it feels like you're discounting their experience, which I'm not willing to discount their experience either. Where so long way of saying, I suppose, and cheap way of saying, I like what long Tom said in his summation on beach grit, which is basically, this is at least interesting, right? Like true good or bad, agree or disagree. This is something that we haven't seen, especially on the women's side of the tour where we're going to have now, you know, something that's not just milk toast.
0: Can I read from Long Tom's piece? Yes. Um, summing up the internet's response that I just tried to put into words, he said, "A woman with all the earthly riches and fame that eluded earlier generations, uh, early earlier generations of women's pro surfers, pro surfers claiming to be oppressed in an existential fashion to the point of life and death by the very thing that has elevated her into the sporting pantheon." This is incredible stuff. Tolstoy could not compress this into a novel a thousand pages long. And then Tom says, Long Tom says of his own opinion, I do not disrespect this unfathomable unfathomable zebra of an athlete for a second. I hope you all radically revise your position vis-a-vis Tyler Wright uh, as I have done. More than anything, I'm pumped that this anger, this rage she references will be cleansed uh, will be a cleansing fire for the cutesy wootsy, but diabolically dysfunctional charade of women's pro surfing. All the body image pressure, the self loathing, the homeschooling path, uh, homeschooled pathway, homophobia, racism, the so the psycho dads, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, it's all fair game now. All thrown on the pyre of Tyler's righteous fury. What a wonderful development. Who will be next to flame on? I predict Carissa. Steph may follow suit. So I agree with that. I think the thing that Oprah was trying to do with Meghan Markle, and I think the thing that the ESPN author was trying to do is humanize these people that have been put on a pedestal. So, and I think that they're accurate in saying that. I think humans are humans. You know, it doesn't matter how much wealth and privilege you have, you still. Feel lonely. You still feel vulnerable. You still feel unworthy. Things. So I think it's important to not discount people of privilege's feelings. Uh, And I'm not an apologist for because I am somebody who has privilege in certain ways, but I just think it's important to recognize humans are humans. I
1: I think it is too, but I also think the flip side, which JP Curry did in his. I suppose it wasn't a rebuttal to it was long toms, but it was a it was a different opinion, which is when you damn people, more or less, where did any like it's just disappeared. Sort of this idea that somebody gets to defend themselves is gone, right? And so you can have a Markle saying the palace was racist without any Buddy going to the palace and saying, or without without Markle thinking that she needed to bring any sort of evidence, right? That I can say something, blanket, and I can hang this cloud over uh, without providing anything. And I feel that Tyler did a similar thing of hanging a pretty dark cloud over her father without any effort or no apparent effort made to get his side of the story.
0: Yeah. And Where, that's, that's not her responsibility, it's, obviously.
1: It's not. And that's the, like... I mean, I made a movie about a female pro surfer without any, you know, I didn't go, I mean, Lisa's father's passed away, but, uh, or with the Lisa Anderson movie, but I made a conscious decision not to talk to anybody else, only have Lisa tell her story, but not to talk to Sal or Jesse Miley Dyer either, right? Jesse Mm -hmm. Miley Cyrus, where... This is like, I made a very clear artistic decision to have one voice saying one thing. I think once you start having like once Jesse Miley comes into the conversation or Sal, then you better kind of broaden this net because now you're telling more. If it was just Tyler talking, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Tyler though. Uh, yeah, just certain voices being interviewed and certain voices being left out. I thought was unfair to the story.
0: Agreed. Uh, so my takeaway, while I said I I think that it's important to kind of humanize all people, you know, and not vilify these people just because they have privilege, my ultimate opinion on this is um, I don't think this bodes well for – like Tyler's headspace that she's currently in is just a different version of the anger that she was feeling at a child from being oppressed. Now she's feeling angry about this other thing, and ultimately – there's a lot of victimhood associated with all of it, which I don't think is a position of power for anybody. If you're operating as the victim, um, you're just, I think it's the wrong worldview. It's not a very enlightened worldview. And there is so much gratitude. She could, an altered perspective, which J.P. Curry does offer, the altered perspective would have her feeling gratitude for the things that her dad provided for her and sympathy for his shortcomings, because he does have maybe allegedly dementia and mental illness. And so I listened to, it was a podcast. I don't even know what it was to be honest, but it was, um, it was about a mom who, uh, was destitute. And she was like moving from apartment to apartment, getting evicted. She had struggles with substance abuse. She had struggles with, um, you know, always had the wrong guys in her life and all that sort of stuff. So the young girl who was raised by that mother came home one day from school and complained about the clothing that she had on because she was getting made fun of at school. And the mother lashed out at the daughter and said, how dare you? At least you're warm. What are you worried that you don't have Jordans on? Like, you have warmth. When I was growing up, I didn't have warmth. I have real struggles that I'm dealing with. We're about to get evicted. So how dare you come to me with your superficial struggle about you don't have the right shoes on. You know, you have way more than I ever had. And that traumatized the daughter. And the daughter developed all these weird neuroses throughout her life and became a cutter and all this sort of stuff. But I thought to myself, the mom is kind of right in a sense. But also, if you had the global perspective to have sympathy for your mother that your mom is actually struggling with all of this. And a lot of it's due to mental illness. If you could step outside of the trauma that your mom's kind of putting on you, you could see that she's a struggling person as well. Right. And so Tyler's a different version of that, where she actually has not only presumably she was fed, presumably she was warm and she had shelter. She now has millions of dollars. She has fandom, which is-
1: which JP points out exactly, right? Totally. Where where she is today is precisely because of what her father did. And if you dislike it, then quit. Like if you are so frustrated by, yeah, it, it does feel, another phrase here, looking a gift horse in the mouth. Of, I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> but the, yeah, that you have what you have because your dad did what he did. And whether your dad was right or whether it was no pun. yeah <laughs> whether it was comfortable or not or whether it was good uh, is sort of immaterial and to your point too like i know people in my life who have had such hardship but just look at it in a different way they look at what they have not what was taken from them and i don't know that tyler lives her life thinking what was taken from her but i also do think her now that this is out and now that i mean the wsl has purposefully i think you know with jesse miley cyrus now as the commissioner and all this like there has been a concerted push to make tyler wright the face of the world surf league which you know bravo to have a out lesbian you know whatever woman it's all fine and good for the times like this is what i think the times call for but i think talk about pressure now being the face of social justice uh I don't, it's good. I mean, I would imagine Tyler will have a heavy, yes. heavier burden to carry moving, moving That's, forward that it won't be like oh, all this weight off my shoulders. Cause I got it out. It'll be, oh man, now you're going to be expected to X, Y, Z. And if you
0: make one side step, you, you can get hammered pretty quick for sure. And she will make a sidestep. Everybody does, you know? And so, yes, exactly. I'm not commenting on whether or not she should state these things, whether or not she should post these things on social media. She's more than welcome to. I have no opinion on that. What I'm suggesting is, or what I'm, my opinion is just based on the headspace and her worldview, I don't think it bodes well for long-term health, not even long-term health, world titles, I don't think it bodes well. She clearly wasn't happy through the last two decades. I don't think it bodes well for her happiness moving forward because there's this angst that she still has. Mm -hmm. And when you look at, and I think Kelly had a lot of that angst too, and it allowed him to win some of the, all those world titles maybe. But I feel like you look at John John, and there's none of that angst. And so he's able to win a couple world titles and just be happy. Like if you can't be happy while you're doing all of this, then to what end is it? The, I mean-
1: Uh, That's the thing about driven people though, right? Like what makes people great is also, I mean, how many happy 11 time world champions are there, right? Like uh, Kelly may be happy, but you know, I don't know that people at the top of their game are necessarily happy, nor that happiness is or should be what we measure, you know, or what they should measure their lives with, right? Like at the end, if you said I was totally unhappy, but I was crazy successful, then fine, you were crazy successful. You were successful, you made a decision to do that, or, you know, whatever the way you were wired. One other thing here, real quick, uh I don't trust the World Surf League at all to World Surf League if it's shown one thing and even worse under the Eric Logan era is doing anything with nuance. And so what's going to happen is, is Tyler's going to get pushed out as the Woken, uh, but there won't be anything interesting or nuanced about it. They will ram her out front to represent racial justice, you know, gender equality, trans rights, anything they want with just like a coat of paint on it without any depth behind it. Like there's going to be no interesting stories. There's going to be no actual digging into anything. It'll just be weird. We're the wokest organization in sports, maybe even the wokest organization in the world. Look at us, look at us, look at us without anything behind it. Maybe they'll throw money to, you know, to an organization or something, but that's it.
0: And kind of to the point that I was trying to make earlier is I don't think it actually bodes well for Tyler. Like it's, the exact expectation that she talked about feeling by being pushed onto the world tour at a young age.
1: Now she's getting pushed into- The
0: limelight to where if she now missteps, like as an example, she had uh, kind of came out in the last year or two. So she was dating a woman, she identified as being gay and that was something that she oppressed uh, previously, right? To her own detriment. Well, now that she identifies as that and she's the token, did you say woken by the way? So the woke (laughs) token, now that she is in that role, what if she falls in love with a male in the future and wants to... Now she feels like she can't identify as straight because all this expectation, that could be a new conflict for her in her brain. that distra- You know, like, there's just this... The WSL doing that is for their own ends. Yeah, It's I not mean, necessarily for Tyler completely. Wright's best interest. WSL,
1: you know? WSL got to look super duper duper woke in a huge feature, you know, on ESPN. Like, which I'm sure, you know, with... The, the very clear pride and all that that's emanating from WSL is fine. But I
0: think it's like... Well, it's the superficial version that you're talking about. Precisely. They're it isn't, hey, let's do this and have these more nuanced conversations. They don't have the platform to have the newest. They haven't built the platforms to have those types of conversations. And, and they don't
1: care. I don't think... No. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that... Elo and Jesse Miley care obviously about Tyler and care about these issues, but the organization doesn't care. And I mean, it's a horribly poorly run organization that is going to, yeah, make a, make sort of a mockery, like, which that's what I don't. Yeah. I don't get the real rah-rah from the WSL. Like
0: that, no, the happiness, the question of pursuing success versus happiness. It was like one of her quotes in that article were, when she got on tour and she just thought, I wish I was in school. I wish yeah. I was reading books. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I don't know that you, you wouldn't have been happy there either. No. My impression on Tyler is okay. You would have gone and pursued that path. And then you would have been unhappy there wishing that you were at the beach. I mean, talk about, like, it- I, I don't get the sense that she is actualized even in this new iteration of her life. I don't get the sense that she is,
1: Living with gratitude. I mean, t- talk about stinking grass is always greener though. Yeah. Also, like, I mean, p- you make, people make decisions at, at a young age. Your parents make decisions for you, I suppose. Uh, and then you're down a path, but you can't be on five paths at once, right? Like, no, you're on a path. And so she could have fully gone to school and all that and said, gotten to the point and said, my sexist parents pushed my brothers into surfing because I was a girl they didn't push me. in, so I was. You know, I went to school and da 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 da, and been mad about that. I mean, totally. Uh, yeah, it's silly to I'm, me to go think, I didn't want this path. I mean, it's just your path. Your path is your path.
0: I don't discount any of the suffering that she went through as a child being in that situation. I just, this piece didn't make me a bigger fan of hers just because I felt like her worldview didn't express enough gratitude or, or compassion for her dad's own kind of foibles and shortcomings. It'll be interesting to
1: see moving forward, how much she does completely dominate every bit of what the world surf league is pushing and world surf league coverage over the next year or so.
0: I've always been a fan of her surfing, you know, and, and like she could probably win world titles standing on that talent alone. Sure. So it'll be interesting. Uh, The other father story is the split Gabriel Medina, who has been his whole surf experience Charlie stepdad been through Charlie. Yep,
1: Whistling on the beach.
0: Well, I mean, from childhood, Charlie introduced Gabe, Charlie owned surf shop when he met Gabriel's mom and he loved surfing. And so he ushered, uh, Gabriel into the surf world and trained him, coached him all the way through his world titles, all the way up until this past year. And Gabriel just got married he and his parents stopped following each other on social media. So you could read into that what you will and came out and announced that he's looking for a new coach going into the Australian leg thoughts on this. I mean, this one,
1: I think, you know, whatever, like if Tom Brady and I love we talk about Tom Brady. I've been talking about Tom Brady, like every dang show for some reason, but Tom Brady and Bill Belichick broke up, right? Like, and Tom Brady went and won a, another super bowl and, Belichick didn't, whatever. But I think for, I could see that Medina would get to a point where you he think, hey, I've, I've gotten everything out of this that I can. Uh, and I would think, you know, Charlie could think, I've given everything to this that I can. I mean, kids won, what? Did he just win, win one world title? Gabe? Yeah, two. two. Yeah, so he's won two world titles. You know, he's the most popular surfer in the world, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, at some point as a parent, I would think that it behooves you to back away, right? Even if you're getting kicked out the door, just to take your kick with a, okay, you know, doff your cap on the way out. The, I don't know what Charlie, Charlie hasn't responded, has he? There's been no no public anything. And he never
0: has been public, period. Totally.
1: And so, great. So maybe he's just saying, hey, you know, I gave you everything. I still think that I have more to give. But if you don't think I have more to give, then, you know, like a gracious exit. If Charlie exits gracefully, then I think that's the best case scenario. Agreed. And so I, I don't know way, what it'll be for Medina. I don't.
0: Well, Gabe, Gabe said this interview, by the way, came from waves, Brazilian surf website. And Gabe said that Charlie was going to focus his attention on coaching his younger sister, mm. Sophia. So, and whether or not that's the real reason why he left, we don't sure. know. But um, I think this was so long overdue, right? Sure. In, in my mind, I mean, Gabriel Medina is an
1: an adult
0: male at this point. It's, it was a bizarre relationship yeah. to me from the get-go. And I actually had this conversation with Akilah Ipa last year because his dad, Ben Ipa, rest in peace, was a phenomenal coach that coached dozens and dozens of well-known pro surfers. And so what was it like having a dad who was also a coach and you wanted to be a professional surfer? You were a professional surfer. And Akila, and then I actually... Um, kind of poo-pooed Gabriel and Charlie's relationship. And Akilah said, look, my dad and I decided he was going to be my dad and not my coach. Yep. However, who are you to say what Gabe and Charlie's relationship is? Ooh, la, la Yeah, like maybe that works for them. And yeah. clearly it does because they seem to be happy. They're traveling the world together as a family unit and they're winning world titles. So back off essentially. And I thought, well, <laughs> give it some more time. Yeah, You know, like let it... And so I don't know, we don't know the inner workings still, but I just cannot imagine a scenario where you can be that incestuous and happy and healthy. Yeah. Like, and so Gabriel getting married recently, and he even said in this article, like, gosh, it feels good to be a normal person. I learned how to play guitar this year. I learned how to, and I've been playing a bunch of video games and all that. And so... And also culturally, it's always different, right? Parental relationships are different culturally. But I just, I still felt like you need some distance from your parents. Yeah. It's bizarre to do everything with your parents.
1: I agree. I mean, it's the, the, I'll be curious to see what Gabriel does. Cause I feel on the men's side of the draw, there's as much, I don't know, at the top, there's as much competition as there has been in a while. I yeah. mean- between Idolo, Gabe, John, John. Kolohe. Mm, he's right not there. Not yet. He's right there. Yeah, he hasn't. Kolohe hasn't. Surfing wise, but Kaloe has not proven to me that he can actually win when it matters yet.
0: He's a He's in the top five. He's going to be taking heats off those guys, if not a world title.
1: If he does. the, All I need to see him do
0: is take one
1: heat off somebody.
0: Kanoe Garashi also is in that conversation.
1: Mm.
0: Jordy. Julian.
1: Nope. I'm gonna say the only people in the conversation, to be quite frank, are Idolo, Gabe, and John John. Okay. Right. Chloe Chloe could be if he proves himself. Julian proven. Uh, Julian has proven he doesn't belong. Jordy has proven he doesn't belong. Okay. Jordy has proven he's had enough time to prove it. klohe uh, has been on tour seemingly forever, but yeah. I think is young enough where he could have a breakthrough, a competitive breakthrough, a sort of Giant killing, you know, like win at all costs thing, which I feel that all three of those guys have. I feel John John hides it well, but John John, I feel, is a competitive animal. Edelo is a competitive animal, and Gabe is very clearly a competitive animal. Without Charlie, I wonder what that does to Gabe in that conversation.
0: So this is kind of the real conversation that we should be having. Um, I would like to know what Charlie was even providing in the first place. It seems like there was, I don't know, just a buffer maybe between the outside world and just, Hey, I'm here to keep that all out and help you stay focused. But I cannot imagine that he would be able to offer the insights of a Glenn micro hall or the fundamental uh, direction that Brad Gerlach could provide. But do you think, I mean, back to surf coaching
1: in general, yes. Like a Brad Gerlach for you or I to help us, but to a top level surfer, I mean, this idea of coaching still, I am, I am, I'm, Yes, for the layman. I would love for Gerlach to coach me or Micro to coach me. But do what are these guys, besides heat strategy, where I feel that's what Charlie provided in real time with his whistles and all that, where he could sit on the beach and watch. And so he could direct Gabriel around in ways that Gabriel... Do, do other coaches do that?
0: Yes, and anybody could do that. You don't need your dad to do that. You, for sure.
1: But I just wonder what coaching does in surfing, to be honest. It, so it, it I've seems had, totally at the top level, seems entirely superfluous.
0: In the last 48 hours, I've interviewed Lakey Peterson and uh, Connor Coffin. And I asked them both those questions, Lakey's with snips, Connor's with micro. And the answer was each coach is different. And my needs are, always and each surfer's needs are different. So for Lakey Peterson, it was more about um, what the ocean is doing and different surf spots and, Uh, you know, those types of insights for Connor with Glenn, it's more heat strategy insights,
1: but, but I would say Lakey and Connor are both not, I mean, they're world-class surfers, but they're not the world, world world-class I'm talking about like, for sure. Kelly
0: always had belly in his corner or then he hired Mitch Thorson at certain events. But was he, was he providing any coaching? Do you think? So I think belly again, each coach is different. I think belly's role. Belly was was a caddy. It was, it was more than that. I mean, he he, he called Kelly called belly a coach. So I think, let me, I think, let me restart. I think lots of times as an athlete, you're thinking about, you have these different categories in your heads of things you're trying to solve, right? I need to surf the best. My, uh, Athleticism needs to be at its best. I need my heat strategy to be at its best. If you can hire a coach that checks that box for you. Yeah, maybe you could run the calculus in your head, but your brain's also running these other calculuses. So I'm going to hire you to run the calculus for me, and you know me well enough to where you'll run the same calculus as me. So while I'm checking this box on my own, you can just tell me what to do over here. Does that's John, all it is. Does John John have a coach? It was Ross Williams, right? Oh, for, I mean it was, but does for, does he I don't have know one if now? He still is.
1: Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, obviously these pro surfers aren't hiring coaches because they want to spend money on a coach. So very clearly it works, uh, for that. I mean, if it's, if they're doing it, then it's working for them. Yeah. Um, but I question it too. I just, it It seems like surfing is, and again, I'm no professional surfer, but it seems like you would just be in the moment in your heat, catching the best waves. I mean, just, I don't know how a coach helps you do that. Uh, Like I get fully showing up at a wave. You don't surf very often. And the coach, I I see a wave or a coach for a spot. Like, Hey, let me walk you through, you know, at pipe. When you see this out here, that means this is going to happen. Hire Jamie O'Brien for pipe,
0: hire John Robertson for bells or Adam Robertson. Yeah.
1: And then have a manager if you want, you know, your daily life sorted out. But if you can't figure out your, I mean, it's stinking surfing for pity's sake.
0: Yeah, but the difference is the guys who's or the guys and gals who have won world titles in those- Have coaches. They yeah. do. Like I mean, Glenn worked, Michael I Hall's track record speaks for itself. Remember what he did for Wilco? Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. So I agree with you, but- um, uh, I mean, I'm clearly
1: wrong because they they wouldn't be doing it if they didn't need it.
0: Well, I, I agree with you in that I question what it is and I want the answers to what it is, but I don't uh, agree that it has no value. You know what I mean? No. Like there's value. We're just not sure where that value lies. Um, It'd be
1: fun to see a real raw product come back up through the ranks, like on talent alone, like a drinky, eating bad food, not working out sort of Irons-esque character yeah. rise back up and see, because then we'd have a one-to-one juxtaposition sort of on, can you just.
0: I mean, that was Edelo up until he started working out. Yeah,
1: but Edelo is like a workout free now, now he is. Yeah.
0: Um, He's in
1: his hotel room just getting her kettlebells what is jack does jack robinson work out he could be that guy
0: because he has that talent yeah jack robinson has a crazy dad too so he could but he's severed ties all but severed ties right yeah i think so so back to gabriel the dad we've you and i have figured out through our sophisticated analysis here (laughs) that the dad was providing charlie was providing you know um support role, yeah, but not really offering the type of insights Glenn Hall or whoever else. I mean, you
1: just can't imagine that Gabriel Medina, I mean, unless he saw something, unless Charlie's running video so much that he can see when Gabe's knee is slightly out of place and then tell Gabe, hey, you're bogging that turn because your knee is slightly out of place here. No. I don't think so. You don't think Charlie was just running massive video?
0: I think they were. Yeah, they were absolutely doing that, but he doesn't have the the insights that Micro would have. Except you know? he's been watching Gabe surf yeah, since he was a little I, nugget. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I just think yeah. his role was more of a support role. Yeah. But so, so this, who's, gonna, so who's back, gonna coach Gabe though? Exactly. So back to your question, who if that role's gone, you don't need that role anymore, maybe, because now you're married and whatever. Um you finally like developed into an adult. And so then what do you actually need as a coach? Because maybe to your point, who can coach Gabe? Who knows more about heat strategy? Who knows more about ability to get barreled? Who knows more about how to do airs?
1: Do you think though that he was rattled in losing to Edelo? Like he he got hammered by Edelo.
0: Maybe more rattled than he has been with any other. I mean,
1: he got component. punched straight in the mouth and surfed a silly heat and got he got whooped on
0: in by the exa- with his own. He got beat at his own game. Yeah. So that's the other thing is like John John has such a contrasting style that Gabe could just be like well, I got to stick to my game and I could beat John John style. But Idolo kind of, he's a goofy footer. He does airs. He gets barreled this like, yeah,
1: he's not, he's not afraid to go. He's a competitive
0: animal. Like could be.
1: So, so at that point, then you're looking for point tens of difference in your coaching, right? Yeah. But I mean, and so could, could say a Gurr or a micro, Say, hey, look where you went low on this wave. You should have said that. But that's that's what I don't get is like all waves are different anyway. That's not what they're doing. They're not. They're not saying you you blew this. But every wave is different. I know. And so what you can't really... I mean, yeah. I don't know anything I'm talking about, by the way. But it just seems like running, looking at all that stuff would just make you more confused.
0: So I... That's why I don't think that's what they're doing. Yeah. And that's, I'll relate this back to the Tyler Wright thing. When I was kind of talking about her worldview and comparing it to John John, who I feel like is actualized, um, that I think the coach's role should be to get you to a healthy mental state where you're actualized and you can kind of- Be in the moment. Yeah, and fulfill your potential. Yeah. You know, and so that's where I feel like Tyler, the way that she- The way that I interpreted her worldview is she's going to be your own worst enemy. The way that I interpret Gabriel's worldview is you're going to self-destruct. Like the only person who could beat John Jones in the UFC was John Jones. Through cocaine and hookers. Yep. And the only way Tyler Wright can beat Tyler or the only way person who could beat Tyler Wright is Tyler Wright through thinking I am oppressed and these things are out to get me, and I am gonna stand up and be the the vocal point for all of the oppressed people. Now she's got all this undue burden on her that nobody actually put on her. You know.
1: Do you think though that Tyler Wright, through skill, is so much better than the field that she could just win? going out and employing, even though she doesn't like it, but just going out and employing everything her dad more or less drilled into her. she just go out. She's and, not, grrr.
0: she's not that much better in the way that Kelly was that much better when he hit the scene.
1: Who do you think? Who do you think? I mean, I guess Carolyn Marks is, she will be nipping on Tyler's heels. I mean, it already is and younger.
0: And yeah, I think the, the kind of four way through five way battle on the women's side is, Carissa, Steph, Tyler, Lakey, Caroline.
1: Okay, if you had to put your money. Caroline. You put your money on, I mean, Caroline coveted. Do you think Caroline's going to get into uh, Australia in time to compete? Yes. You think so? Yes. She has, to, she has to quarantine for two weeks. So I guess she just has to get a clear test. It's still over two she weeks. She already got the clear test. Oh, so she's already on the way.
0: So that uh, her not making that charter flight, it was a false negative. Ooh. So she did three tests in the subsequent like 48 hours and they were all negative. So she got approved for travel and I would presume she's in route right now. Okay. So she has to quarantine for two weeks once she gets there regardless. And then there was a 10 day window before the event starts. So that gives surf. her plenty of time. Okay. Okay. So she'll be all
1: right. So you're putting your money, your money's on Caroline Marks for the win for the Australia leg
0: for a world title this year, even. this year. Yeah. Okay. I think she's the I mean, She's the woman
1: to beat. Let's not call it a world title this year.
0: Right. The interim world title. Yeah. So, all right. Well, hey, best, uh, best of luck to uh, Gabe Medina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Do you think he'll even pick a coach for Australia? He said he wants to, but.
1: No, I mean. So,
0: okay, so the options are.
1: I just don't know why, again. See, it's funny to, t- like, I'm so... T- spouting nonsense because the thought of surfing but you're doing it I suppose the thought for me of surfing with a coach is so antithetical to what I think of as surfing I know like what I love about surfing even if I'm stinking at it is to be in the moment is like the fact that it is so uh that moment is so fleeting and just sucking it up or like soaking it in while you're in it but I suppose the feeling is better when you're surfing better yeah. As what you're saying. So, yeah.
0: yeah. So, his options would be, as far as you and I know, in terms of professional coaches: Micro. Micro. uh Snake, mm-hmm. Jake Patterson, who's retired from coaching to run a Sunblock brand, but he retired ultimately because there was no tour, I yeah. think. If he had opportunities, I think he'd jump back in, and this could be the best opportunity.
1: Gurr's already in Australia.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. Snips. Would be an option the thing i worry about too is like micro snips those guys have like multiple athletes yeah how can you train five different people successfully
1: that's yeah, true one how, who does snips have on the guy side
0: chloe Andino. oh yeah still uh, i thought Kano,
1: i thought those guys i think split up oh did they i thought they did but maybe they could did. be wrong
0: i thought he had um canoa maybe yep i know Kanoa was with snake for a long time but i think snips maybe now i don't know and then Gally, Chris Gallagher was doing it with Geordie for a bit and oh, the Hobgoods. I'll tell you, I don't like it. I don't like this right. coach talk. Right.
1: I do not like professional surf. Like the closer and closer pro surfing gets to traditional sport, I don't like it. It makes me rankle. I'm going to come out right now and say coaches okay. should be banned in professional surfing. Co- like some dude, wave key, helping the average guy get better, fantastic. No coaches allowed in professional surfing. If I was um, the commissioner of the World Surf League, I would ban coaches.
0: Cancel coaches.
1: i cancel them right out.
0: Well, what I would like to see is a coach embrace creative expression. I would worry, you're right, I would worry that everything becomes too homogenized and the coaching becomes mechanical or the surfing becomes mechanical.
1: What makes Gabriel versus Italo versus John John versus anybody fun to watch for me is always the personal yeah. flair and you like a surfer because their personal flair, right? Yeah.
0: And, and Gabriel's too robotic already.
1: Sure. And so, yeah, it's coaches. Yeah. Get out of there. You're wrecking surfing.
0: Um, did you survive pipe with your survival league pick? Uh, Yes. Are you going back in with Nui? Or are you going to play again? Uh,
1: yes, of course. Uh, I have, I think I picked Kelly before it got canceled for pipe. You no, know, I picked Kelly for sunset. Uh, oh. and then, so I, I have to go back in. I was just thinking about it. I just saw an Instagram post from the survival league. have to go back in and swap out Kelly since Kelly is being a jerk, a selfish man and not going to Australia.
0: I, um, am going to wait to make my survival league pick Ooh. until the day or two before the event. Well, yeah. A lot can shake out between now and then. A lot can. Somebody are you,
1: you, you going to be looking at, uh, free surfs in the 10 days? Or are you yes. going to be basing it upon who's looking sharp?
0: Somewhat. I have a complicated calculus that I run.
1: Uh, It's going to be a Nui, Newcastle, which.
0: I want to see the forecast.
1: Yeah, okay. What if it's small? What if it's two to three, uh, wind blowny?
0: Kanoa Igarashi. You're going to pick Kanoa? Yep. Okay. I might go Connor O'Leary. You're feeling. Ethan Ewing. You're feeling Eye of the Tiger on Kanoa. Well, Kanoa is so reliable. No matter where you put him in the world, he's going to post two seven fives.
1: Who do you think, which professional, we haven't talked about professional surfing in so long. It just feels strange. Who do you think is going to come out and this year off more or less or whatever, I mean, they surf pipe, but doesn't really count. Let's be honest, just a one-off event. Uh, who's going to come out and do well because of the long, long break? Or do you think they're all going to look the same?
0: Um, Because of the long break or because of the new tour stops?
1: Long break, new tour, everything's changed. They're so used to, you know, for so many years in a row, it was reliably, you know, snapper to bells to West Oz to da 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 da. Like they knew what they are doing. They were in rhythm. Now the rhythm not only is shattered, but they're all new stops.
0: So I think the surfers who would do really well on the QS... Or who you want to look at? Yeah, who so are used con- to
1: just con- used to going out and competing randomly. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and at marginal waves. Yeah, you know. So um, Connor O'Leary, Ethan Ewing, Kano Igarashi. He's won in Huntington twice.
1: But who's gonna? I bet those guys are going to get up in. I totally agree with you. They're going to get up into the quarters. But I feel that those guys don't have the chops to win. I feel if there is a, not that they don't have the surf chops, they just don't have the mental chops. Like if there is a Gabe or an Italo or a John John in the quarters too, then I I really do feel, unfortunately, as much competition as there is on the top of the men's draw, I feel that there's no competition for them. So you pretty much punch your ticket. If you're those guys, I feel
0: uh, it's hard to argue against Gabriel and Idolo because if the waves are two to three foot slop at Nui, they can win that event yeah. easily.
1: I mean, I suppose I suppose it could hamper John. It could
0: hamper John for sure. Yeah, there's uh, the other conversation is who is it going to hurt the most? Yeah, it's going to hurt Jack Robinson. Certainly would have hurt Kelly Slater. Kelly Kelly's only chance to win a 12th world title is. If G land's on schedule, cloud breaks on schedule, Chopu makes it. Isn't it strange though? I mean, it
1: really is strange to me. We talked about it already, but sitting third in the world and tapping out, like what else has he got going on? I mean, it's not okay. like he's in doing a bunch of stuff, right? No. Like I get well, not wanting to go quarantine. I get not wanting to go surf crappy ways, but you're literally third in the world right now. couple, I mean, you go sneak in, get a second. I mean, you could be a legit title threat, which would be a great story.
0: It would be you're right he's positioned best but i don't think those stops in of, australia those events do not benefit his surf. of course not but he could he could tap back into his inner qs warrior it's too old too brittle so I, here's the other question that i had for you is there's no chance he slinks away oh no, out of the line oh for sure for he's the next he, three he's
1: going to wherever is big and pumping and he's he loves to do that i feel he loves to make a mockery of the world surf league yeah. even though it's his as much his as anyone else's
0: well and beyond even just going and getting better waves he's going to do some shenanigan just to wrench Attention. the limelight back of course so what are your predictions yeah what kind of stunt does kelly pool to wrench the limelight back
1: i just think it'll be like big big perfect cloud break or something like that it'll be like and he'll make it'll be so big and so perfect that he will make covers, newspaper covers, you know, around the world for this phenomenal 40,000-year-old man still doing it.
0: Agreed. I think he's going to start doing TikTok dances, though. Ooh. We're talking bigger than big waves. We need something to go viral. You think so either a cooking, a cooking channel on TikTok.
1: You can make slime.
0: It's already passe.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: what's coming next? That was last year. Well, I
1: just... Daughter got straight back into slime. She's jumped in with two feet back into the slime pit.
0: I think he's too old for the slime demographic.
1: It's true. What else could he do?
0: I could see, okay, a jaunty hat. Yep. Maybe some jewelry.
1: Do you think Kelly Slater will launch some progressively woke organization? Do you think he will- Save the whales? He will become the face of- Save the fill
0: in the blank. Yes. He could do that. With a TikTok dance Yep, and a hat. I think that's the trifecta and it'll maybe launch on TikTok. That might be the platform and that'll be So what he spends the next couple of months. No doing.
1: cloud break for Kelly. He's going to be too busy. Yes, that too. Okay. Yeah, that too. Okay. He's
0: doing both things. He still loves to surf. I mean. It's not like he's giving up surfing to go do these things. That's true. Okay. It's that he loves surfing, but... That's not enough. Like I've already been doing that for 30 years and getting the spotlight with that. There has to be some other way to wrench the spotlight. Speaking
1: of Kelly, how did you like Kelly damnation of the
0: royal family? I didn't understand it. Wow. He hammered. It, yeah, it didn't. Yeah. I, it wasn't that clever. I didn't really
1: get it. But it was truly mean. Like yeah. it was It was honest to goodness, which is funny. I've, this is what I found funny.
0: You want to know what I found funny, David Lee Scales? Yeah, I'm going to pull up the quote while you're...
1: Yeah, you pull up the quote and I'm going to just talk Tell about me. what I found funny. I feel Kelly Slater has been on the receiving end of vicious, from me personally, a lot of them, of vicious barbs uh, just because he is the, you know, big fish, right? Yeah. And so you just like can throw vitriol at him because it's funny, right? Or fun. Uh, So I feel Kelly's been on the receiving end of just like mean things that people say, uh, people who don't know him or know him well, right? Kelly turned around, which again, the amazingness of Kelly's lack of critical thinking. He did the exact same thing to a fish bigger than him, right? Right. He doesn't know the Royal family. He doesn't know anything about it. I, I mean, he knows exactly what we know. And probably thinks he knows more because he probably has friends of friends who know Harry or Meghan or whatever, right? Or so, but just a vindictive screed. I mean, his thing was like, You're inbred. It it was... I'll read it. As bad a... Read it. It's as bad as any troll has ever written about Kelly Slater.
0: So the first sentence references James Hewitt's unacknowledged illegitimate kid. Who's James Hewitt?
1: So James Hewitt was the... uh, I think he was a soldier. Had an affair with Diana. Oh. Um, But I think it's been sort of debunked. I think that affair started uh, after Harry was born.
0: But this plays in perfectly to him as the conspiracy theorist. For sure. Which he loves, right? So Kelly's comment what about the uh, royal interview was i'd be mad too if i was james hewitt's unacknowledged illegitimate kid got essentially kidnapped and held hostage by the royal family was forced to pretend that boring square prince charles was my dad all those years then they cut off my trust fund and disapproved of my hot american wife because it didn't fit into their ongoing inbreeding program did I miss anything?
1: Wow. I mean, as mean as anything ever written. Very mean, it's top pretty, to bottom. Pretty hilarious. It is pretty hilarious. It's funnier
0: than I thought, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's funny. It's good. It's. I mean, it is a well-organized, well-written troll.
0: But yeah, you're right. If he's been on the receiving end of all the trolling that is all circumspect and rumor and all that... All of that is unsubstantiated rumor that he's just piling on top of one another to form a conclusion. And let's
1: be honest, like people lay off of Kelly, but there are real questions about Kelly's, uh, you know, how he's handled himself as a father, let's say. And so to go all in on criticizing another father is seemed like really, come on, Kelly, like how honest to goodness.
0: What's worse than that is even claiming that it's not the kid, that it's not your own child.
1: I mean. It, yeah, Kelly's lack of self awareness continues to astound and amaze. Thank you, Kelly.
0: Um, what I appreciate and love about him, though, is his uh, willingness and desire just to slug it out in comments. Yeah, that was a, that was on the. It's it wasn't hilarious. his post. It was the Batuta
1: no. Advocate, which is a very funny yeah. Instagram, like a satirical uh, Australian Instagram thing, and that's where like he, the onion for
0: us. Yeah, uh, that's but where. He, he does he off. even know that it's satirical? Because I've seen him take. Maybe he knows overall, but there's been one headline. It was a couple of months ago that he argued against as if he didn't realize it was satire.
1: I mean, that's, uh, again, back around to Kelly Slater is the 11-time world champion, the million-time world champion of lack of self-awareness. Like, I think he has so little self-awareness as to be, like, historically important. People will look back on history and think, who is the least self-aware person ever. And some people will say, I think maybe Donald Trump. And no, it is Kelly Slater.
0: Um, Robert Kelly. Should we go to commercial? Let's do it. All right. Chaz, we're back.
1: Man, it's a good one.
0: I feel like we should just like cut all of our commercials into its own episode and it could be like a...
1: How many commercials do we have on these days? How many many commercials are the... Okay, sweet.
0: We got one right now, but uh, April 1st, we'll be launching... Two new important partnerships.
1: Very exciting.
0: That will not only be entertaining ad reads, it'll keep people healthy and fit.
1: Subscribe now. To avoid. <laughs> <laughs> to avoid.
0: <laughs> smart, smart. Um, all right, so we got Barrel or not? Nah. Let's do it. We were talking about cancel culture a lot last week with Cersei. Uh I saw a pretty solid meme. Mm. Actually, a guy sent it to both you and I. Pepe Le Pew got canceled. The Looney Tunes character right? And in the comment section underneath that article, Joe Pug wrote, I'm glad he's canceled and my children are safe. Now my son can get back to playing grand theft auto where he just set a hooker on fire so he didn't have to pay her.
1: I laughed. I chuckled out loud when I read that.
0: I mean, it sums up the world we're living in so beautifully.
1: It's all just absurd.
0: So beautifully.
1: Absurdism.
0: I drive up the freeway. There are Grand Theft Auto billboards. Or there was another one a couple of years ago. I think it was called Red Red Dead Redemption, maybe. Mm, yeah, of These course. These video game billboards, right? By
1: Rockstar. Same company makes both those games.
0: Okay. It's, it is a criminal's face, torso on the billboard with a gun pointing down. And it actually goes off the billboard. It's like an extension for the gun pointing down at me driving my car because the game is... Grand Theft Auto, the port of the game is to steal the car. So it's this guy pointing his gun at me and off on the side, kind of in the background is a hooker in a G string with her booty showing, like pointing it out towards me in a sexual advance. Like I'm looking at that billboard driving on the freeway going, how does that exist?
1: Do you think, do you think that Grand Theft Auto gets canceled? I haven't heard any whispers of it getting canceled as a game.
0: It's as a so far out there in your face that it's uncancelable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I've, if they apologized, then they'd get canceled immediately. Yeah. They said, they we're said, sorry that we, but I'm, I'm like, honestly, I'm not easily offended, but I'm driving down the freeway kind of like, oh my God, what is, oh, that thing forced itself into my awareness and it's unpleasant to be interrupted by.
1: Did you ever play Grand Theft Auto? No, I've never, no. Oh, it's I so played, much fun.
0: I haven't played video games since James 007 oh, on Nintendo golden 64. Golden. GoldenEye. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But how uh, good was that
1: game? So much fun. So the single bullet version.
0: The whatever the it's called. Gold, gold, yeah. yeah. That was the best. Man, I gotta get that game. Yeah. I would love to spend an evening on that game.
1: Just playing yeah. Bond, Goldeneye. Yeah. Yeah. Who who was your favorite character to play?
0: I don't even remember.
1: I think I like the Russian girl. If you could I think you could play
0: her. It's been a long time. Um I'm anti I mean, this could be a barrel and all save it for the future. Video, Video games? games. We'll save it for the future. K- no, K- don't do it. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Uh barrel and all, following the royal family. You already alluded to this a bunch, but it was in my notes. Um
1: I'm going to say barrel. Uh really? I'm going to go barrel. Yeah, I don't do it myself. I will peruse the occasional headline or I'm sorry, I'll click on the occasional headline. Uh but yeah, like I feel that the royal family is there at this point mostly to entertain us. Uh and they're doing a really good job these days, I'll say. I mean, of course, I know they're there for stability and for all these things. But let's be honest, especially from an American perspective, that's not not my queen. Uh, and so entertainment is what we get out of them. And they've been entertaining lately.
0: They certainly have been um, in all the ways they don't want to be. Sure. Like, I don't think they want any of the press that they're getting. But of course, that only elevates, serves to elevate their status. That
1: stinking charge of racism was a real a real doozy.
0: I don't think it was. So,
1: you don't, I mean, because it makes you not doubt at all that they are racist. Of course. We already knew that. But do you know it? (laughs)
0: Look, what, first of all, what is racist, right? Like, are they actively oppressing? minorities from getting jobs? No, I don't think so. Are they burning effigies on people's lawns? Probably not. You know, but are they only marrying white people? Yes. <laughs> are they perpetuating a stereotype? Probably. Like, so the the whole thing wasn't even news to me. When Meghan Markle's like somebody had a conversation with Harry about what the baby's skin tone would be. I was like, yeah, duh. Of course they would. Of course they would. Like, is yeah. that even a news story? Why is, Op- I know Oprah's has to be righteously indignant, but she can't be shocked.
1: Do you think that Eric Logan, CEO of the World Surf League, uh, watched his old boss and pal Oprah and on from the edge of his seat, from the yes. edge of his Manhattan Beach seat?
0: He No, he was in Australia, but he Instagrammed about it. What it, a dumbass. Was, that guy went to Australia? I think so stinking typhoid. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he didn't. I presume that he did because I know other staffers. He for sure did.
1: He for I mean, sure is there. Did.
0: So first of all, I got roped into watching that stupid interview.
1: Oh, you did? I didn't watch it. So I guess I freaking you follow had to download
0: me. Paramount Plus and make a uh, trial account that I then canceled immediately thereafter.
1: Oh, it wasn't on CNN or something?
0: It was on CBS, but I guess they're owned by Paramount. Okay. So I was pissed about the process, but I'm like, all right, I'll, I could watch this for an hour. It turned out to be two hours yeah, with it was so many commercials that really it was only 40 minutes probably all told. But there was nothing of substance. Oprah didn't do a good job. For, for everybody saying Oprah did a great job, Oprah did not do a good job. She was so sympathetic towards Megan, which she should be. But then she was like holding Harry to the fire over nonsense. I'm like... And also didn't get anything interesting out of any of them.
1: We, I feel that, and I'm one to talk, but I feel that there used to be great interviewers. Yes. Uh, in society, Mike Wallace. Sure. That would really like
0: Barbara Walters. You know,
1: who's a fantastic interview
0: Er? Yeah. Derek Riley. I believe it.
1: Derek Riley yeah. is a phenomenal interview, which is why he does important books yeah. about Bob Hawk and things like that. But, uh, I feel we don't have one of those anymore. It's just celebrity. And since Oprah is the biggest celebrity, so she'll do the interview, but she's not a good interviewer.
0: Joe she, Rogan is the worst. Yeah. He's, he's a, the best known, highest paid interviewer right now. And he's now, an awful he is interviewer.
1: Awful. Yeah. We don't have the art of interviewing has gone away.
0: Oprah's are so soft. Cause period. that's not what she's supposed to be. Exactly. I love
1: Oprah's a, Oprah's a daytime TV host right. who gets people, gets the audience to empathize. Right. right. And yeah. so she's good at creating empathy, but she's not good at getting to the root of a real thing or make, but also with that Tyler Wright interview, again, same thing. I've gotten nothing against the, it was a well-written piece, but the interview was not no. neither good nor insightful.
0: No, 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 no. It was a, it was a, for the outside world that wants to know about surfing, they got a little insight into some of the misogyny and the structure and all that. And it's an interesting uh, character study of Tyler Wright and it would even make you sympathetic to Tyler, right, because of the adversity that she's overcome. If you don't look beyond that next layer, which yeah. the interviewer should have done, yeah. which is what about, you're still angry.
1: Where's the dad? Yeah, you're still angry. I'm gonna go. To, I'm gonna like, go talk to other people. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, the royal the royal interview. First of all, the skin color thing, I thought was a non-story. Like, of course, they would be. They would question what skin tone the baby is going to be because of their track, and then also. It could have been innocent. What if they were just like, oh, oh your your baby's gonna have a beautiful skin tone like that. The mixture of your color skin with your color skin is going to be gorgeous. That could have been the extent of the conversation.
1: I think that's racist now though.
0: Uh, just to say that the skin feel I feel,
1: tone? I feel Look, it is.
0: I will go on record right now at the risk of being canceled and make an argument that the most perfect skin tone a- aesthetically is Beyonce's. Mm. Like- when you look at a Ferrari, it should be red, right? There's certain curves to a Ferrari that like red looks the best on. Jaguar, that Jaguar green looks great. Ooh, yeah, I think the human body looks great in Beyonce's, Beyonce's skin tone. <laughs> <laughs> like that is, and if if the human race continues to breed throughout all time, we're going to end up at that skin tone, right? Enough kind of everybody, if Andy Warhol had sex with, I don't know who's on the opposite end of the spectrum. Like, no, Naomi Campbell's pretty. Naomi dark. Campbell. Yeah. Um, this is going to be the thing. I was going to go giant Diamond John <laughs> What's that actor? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if Andy Warhol and Diamond Johnsu made a baby, you get Beyonce. Yeah. So over a long enough period of time through enough kind of uh, cross-pollination, let's call it.
1: We'll all reach Beyonce.
0: Which is a great place to be. Sure. I think it's a beautiful, it looks the best on the curves of the human body.
1: Okay. I totally, I mean, I'll be curious uh, if this is the thing that gets us canceled. I think it's not controversial. I mean, it, of course not. But I think that's what gets you canceled is when you say something that you feel is both complimentary and okay.
0: And I feel passionate about it. Sure. That, that's I what, want my skin tone. <laughs> I want my child's skin tone to be that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's really good. That's All right, good we'll stuff. see how we'll yeah. see how this goes. Let's put it out there. Let's see how this goes.
0: Um, so following the royal family, you're going. I'm going barrel. I'm, I'm going saying off.
1: I'm. are the, our, especially as American, they are for our entertainment. Be entertained.
0: Enjoy it. I don't I mean, watch I, the I, that's interview. the problem. Is if it you, wasn't entertaining. Yeah, don't watch they, the interview.
1: I would. I never watched the interview. I knew that Oprah was going to lob softball questions that were going to be, woe is me, why, you know, cry, cry, cry. That it was not going to be good. I didn't care about the interview. So the, the reaction first, was interesting to the, me though.
0: Yeah, the reaction is the first 20 minutes were about uh, who made who cry, Kate or yeah. Megan. Yeah. And I just, I was seething while I was listening, going, where is the story here? Yeah. Where is the zinger going to be? And it was nothing. It was just the press said that Megan cried, but, but in, actually, or, or no, the said that Megan made Kate cry, but actually it was the opposite. And how dare the press. And I was just like, this is honestly what we're talking about so I agree with you. I would love to be entertained by the royal family. It's so not entertaining. Not entertaining. Every once in a while I chime in or I tune in and I go, where's the entertainment?
1: When When is Prince Harry and Duchess uh, Meghan going to serve Kelly Sir French?
0: They're, so they are sliding down the scale of like I mean,
1: steam? Now they're producers. Now they're making they shows a, on Netflix. They have a production Next company. Next thing they're going to have a podcast. Yeah, totally.
0: You know? I mean, that, we and that's when they—that's when they get invited.
1: Prince Harry, come on!
0: That's when they get invited to yeah. start.
1: Okay, at that point. so when they start making podcasts. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
0: the reason why Princess Di, like, has become more famous than anybody else in the royal family ever, and is actually even kind of who people think of when they think of the royal family, is because she was a pauper who got elevated to princess. Yeah. That storyline is compelling. Except
1: I don't think she's really a pauper. Let's be honest. I think, well, she was
0: a school teacher. She was a kindergarten teacher. But I think what, she- was, Wasn't a proper popper. I mean, I think she was royalty though. No.
1: Yeah. Was she? I mean, she summed her family was from something. She wasn't just a Joe on the street. Okay, fair enough. Jane but on the she street.
0: W- but she was a uh, normal person who got picked to be princess. Yeah. That was the storyline, whether or not it was accurate. <laughs> so that was super interesting. And she then- continued to be interesting by trying to maintain her kindergarten teacher roots and it and then raise her children that way in the middle of all the pomp and circumstance so and all of that was interesting this is Egyptian. not interesting yeah it's true it's not interesting all right uh barrel or not working with your parents working with your dad
1: Ooh, like Your dad is a carpenter and then you become a carpenter.
0: I mean, this is obviously based on Gabriel Medina, but yes, this is you, yes, doing exactly what you just said.
1: I'm going to say Beryl. Really? I'm going to say if you, if there's like a family line, your dad's a surfboard shaper, his father before him was a surfboard shaper, father's father before him was a surfboard shaper, I'm going to be a surfboard shaper. It'd be kind of nice, right? If you could look at the path of life, your path of life is chosen. Stinking Tyler Wright didn't like it. But I don't think that'd be so bad. Like if you have skill, if you have ability.
0: You have to really define the relationship is where the problem lies.
1: If your father had a convenience store, successful convenience store, wouldn't you be happy to become a cashier at that convenience store?
0: Own it someday? You'd want to continue your father's legacy in a sense. You wouldn't want to hand that off to some rando. Right? Sure. But farmer? Your dad, can you ever fill your dad's shoes? Firstly, he's going to have expectations for you. There's going to be all of this complexity built into the dynamic where, or you could just be my father and I could be your son.
1: I hear you, but I like a family legacy. I like when I drive by a sign and see, you know, Johnson and Sons. Mm -hmm. Fine. It's a fine. What
0: kind of business is that?
1: Well, if I could pick which business I'd want to choose, I think it'd be a convenience store. Really? Nice, good I convenience store. I feel like
0: there's store. TV shows that are that exact story. Yeah. <laughs> a
1: solid, solid convenience store. Like, okay. you know, it's to sell some beers, have a little bit of a wine selection. You right. sell vodka by the pint.
0: Okay. That
1: kind of convenience store.
0: Do you have the aspiration to make it a chain of convenience stores? no. Now no. that you're the son, nope. taking over the business, nope. you're going to revitalize it.
1: There's one in Cardiff down the street. It's like perfect. I think it is the father's and son work there. And it's just like a good convenience store, a one-off.
0: And does the dad still work there? Yep. I feel like if I was the son in that exact scenario, I'd be like, hey, pops, you work super hard. Go ahead and just start drinking. Just go sit in the back, entertain the customers. How fun would that be? Get drunk. We'll give you a sandwich board sign. You go out there and you start corralling customers in.
1: At the convenience store, you have everything you need. You, totally. get, you get hungry, grab a bag of chips. Totally. You want a drink, you got ice and any kind of drink you want. All the mixers too. Totally. As long as you want to mix it with Sprite or something. Yep.
0: Yeah. You can bring in any mixer you want.
1: I mean- You're a convenience store. That's true. The one I like does have mixers. Perfect. Yeah.
0: Okay. I like this scenario.
1: Yeah. This okay. is, see, that's what I'm talking about.
0: All right. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, I worry that it becomes, con- the father-son relationship becomes convoluted. No. But you're saying- it's an investment in it. It's, it's
1: exactly what I'm You get to spend more saying. time together. Just enjoy the convenience store.
0: Okay. Yep. Enjoy the convenience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hire a bookkeeper though. Have somebody else pay the taxes <laughs> and make sure that every uh, penny is accounted for. Yep. I think that'll keep you out of trouble. Yeah. Um, this is related to my recent conversations with CTers who are quarantined. Okay. Barrel or not? Meditation.
1: <sighs> nah. I am not a meditator. I pray like a good Christian should, but I don't meditate.
0: What's your prayer practice? Every the, day? Yeah. Mornings, nights?
1: Mornings, or... through the day, but mostly in the morning. What do you pray for? You know, just for a good day, that I'll do good stuff, be a good father, hmm. that kind of stuff.
0: Do you find um, that A, prayers are answered, or that B, there's a just kind of a, um, I don't know what, like a purge that you feel after getting it out? I
1: think it's just an awareness, a perpetual awareness that, you know, I am not my own boss, sort of.
0: Oh, yeah, I see.
1: Like of real, yeah, like being aware every day of I am serving God. I'm not here for myself.
0: I think people, listeners are going to be shocked by this reveal.
1: It comes out. I think this comes out every once in a while. And I think people are shocked every time it does come out.
0: Um, I'm wondering if meditation serves the same purpose for the human psyche.
1: I know humanist.
0: But I wonder if it does.
1: No. It's a waste (laughs) of time.
0: (laughs) It has to be ascribed to a, a being. Yes. Okay. To
1: a deity. Okay. To God. All right. Yeah.
0: Otherwise mindfulness and meditation is just spinning your wheels,
1: spinning your wheels, go right. play some grand theft auto instead of doing that. So I,
0: the understanding that I have from a lot of people who I admire and look up to is that it provides tremendous calm and, uh, benefit and also like allows a quelling of their anxiety to process the rest of their life.
1: You know what else does that? drinking and going to sleep <laughs> except then you wake up with way worse anxiety
0: so there's negative bene- there's negative consequence of the drinking yeah physical there is
1: I mean consequence it, it, it whereas the
0: meditation takes the
1: edge away for a while
0: the ed- meditation could have only beneficial
1: you just you're just you could have done something actually fun during that time
0: okay but if Connor coffin wins the next event can we agree that it was because of his meditation
1: if Connor coffin wins the next event I'll I'll give you that one. Okay. If Connor Coffin wins new then Newcastle, then yes. Meditation is beneficial and valuable.
0: Will you download an app and do meditation for one week if Connor Coffin also wins? Yes. Done. Okay. This is the wager. Okay. All right. In. I'll let him know. Okay. Let <laughs> this, him know. This is on the line. <laughs> Chaz's health and mental wellness is on the line, Connor, if you do not win this event.
1: Connor, if you win the event, I'm going to be so bored. I'm going to wake up every day and think, ah, man, I got to dumb meditate right now. You can drink while you're meditating.
0: Can you? first of all, if we made this wager and I said, and I didn't say that you couldn't, then yes, you can. <laughs> okay. So you are welcome to, as far as I'm concerned. But I'm, but I have to do the,
1: I have to listen to the app and yeah. listen to Deepak Chopra say, now go into yourself.
0: You have to do the breathing. Okay. But in between breaths, you can you drink. take a nip. Okay. Okay. All right. In, I'm in. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. Something to look forward to. No barrel. Uh, so thank you album surfboards for hosting sorry for all the surfboards that fell off the wall
1: and <laughs> sounded like they got fully crushed
0: that sucked <laughs> we got it on tape yeah. uh, and for you listeners go check out Josh Kerr's new edit Sway it's totally awesome otherworldly great example of a father mm-hmm. father edition the best. Of the Grid. The best All right. well until next week get barrel